0: Welcome, everyone. Hello. Hi. How are you? This is episode 41 of 90s Court.
1: I was going to let you keep going for
0: I was just going to go. <laughs> well, I was, I was like, maybe happens. he'll interject and say 90s Court, but guess what? This is Lisa Monahan, and we have on the other side of the planet...
1: Breaking news. We have on the other line, we have Andy Clodfelter, who's <laughs> also on the show... Uh, bringing you <laughs> also 90s Court, not another show. That'd be great if I not just got on here and I was just like, I'm bringing you cereal, the podcast. <laughs> just like, Cere- I just started doing oh, a different boy. podcast on the podcast while you're trying to do 90s Court. So. But if
0: it were cereal, I would be a million percent on board.
1: Yeah, that's a true. A million percent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, Andy. We took a week <laughs> off. Do you we feel did. refreshed or did the way of the f- world crush you as it did us? <laughs> so.
1: Um, I mean, there's no <laughs> such thing as refreshed right now because, like, no. everything is just monotony and i mean it's 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 work because i still work and everything like that which mm-hmm. but uh but yeah just it's just uh, a constant monotony i did go to i did go outdoors for the first time in that because i'm like a super like like super nervous about everything type of guy when it comes to this whole covid thing so like i went to i got my haircut today
0: mm-hmm. nice, which I was a huge step i
1: did have my uh my face mask on and yesterday and today, I went to two separate bookstores um, and purchased books. So I felt good All about right that. Then. Yeah. So I'm reading books, which I mentioned because I don't often read books. And I thought, you know, it'd be cool reading a book,
0: reading <laughs> a book. I I got the uh, I got an audio book of a book that's very popular at the moment and you cannot get it. Without waiting in a crazy line, I was like, "Well, well shit, there's an electronic copy right there. I just buy that one. It's the same damn I thought you were just price. gonna say
1: I couldn't get it, like because you got it, <laughs> like, like, you know, like like you can't no. copycat.
0: <laughs> like, no, I can't. Yeah, everyone's reading this one book. I can't read it too. No, hell no. I'm just not gonna wait like six weeks for a book. So it's like audiobooks are digital, boy. Just go go get that same damn price. Plus, someone reads it to me like a podcast. I love it. So, I love it. I love it. So, um, yeah, I'm alive i'm alive
1: i'm alive we're we're driving to
0: northeast kansas in like a week and a half yeah so the
1: excitement level is how high
0: negative Negative. well actually no it's seven i'm excited to see my husband's family because they're good people but we're staying Mm -hmm. in the house that is that was infested with brown recluses and i don't know if i can sleep in that again isn't
1: this the town where there's like the super sweet ghost house yeah, the, uh, the you guys Sal- would have, Sally House. You guys would yeah. have heard about on our uh, our Patreon exclusive episode of Ghost vs Aliens uh, f- paranormal like about a month ago. Court. Yeah, yeah, so so anyways, enough of that fucking shit. Let's get back to the '90s. All right, let's, let's get hop to the in 90s. our let's hop in our time portal um, okay. that we have. Uh, okay. Just just dip a I'm toe in. in. You don't have to put your full su- body in there.
0: No, I'm I'm, I'm I'm submerged. Okay, let's go. All
1: right, there's going to be some, some some consequences to that, but all right. Okay. All right, we're okay. here. <laughs> um, it's weird that we've never used that portal before today on episode forty one, but here we are. We're back in the nineties. And wow, everybody's just a little bit racist, huh? All hey, right. Things so are really weird. Things, yeah. are, things are a little bit questionable. <laughs> things are so not so good. Speaking of uh insane sorcery and magic um that's kind of what my thing's about today okay um I'm, I'm here to bring you a thing that's been around since ironically the 1890s but okay in the 1990s they thought what do kids love cereal okay they do love cereal but maybe like Something like some entertainment that doesn't involve just eating food. Like, so when they've eaten too much cereal and are vomiting up milk, like, what can they do besides that that involves less of that? So they, so I believe it was Hasbro. Okay. Uh, no, nope, Actually, I'm sorry. Parker Brothers. Oh yeah. Parker Brothers got it. And then they, they sold it to Hasbro in 1981. Okay. And Hasbro said like, you know what kids love is fucking communicating with demons and so they decided in 1991 that the portal to hell should be open yes. to everyone, yes. especially yes. kids, yes. and it should be marketed as such. <laughs> so yes. they decided yes. that, the, that the invention from 1890 um, that technically has existed even long before that, just in different formats. Um, it was just when the first person kind of like trademarked it they brought forth commercials for this item. And I'll read, because some of it's words that will show up on the screen, so I'll read out loud what it says. Okay. Will every be tall enough to slam dunk? No, I'm not. You're moving it. Will my parents let me go to the concert? You're moving it. Would you just quiet? I'm trying to concentrate here. And I'm not moving it. Ouija. It's only a game, isn't it? It's a very short commercial, but that's right, ladies and gents. The Ouija board that uh, had been around since the beginning of time, basically as a way beginning to communicate with spirits.
0: Older than Jesus.
1: Older than Jesus. Jesus played it. Jesus played it and was like, how about those demons? Because let me see. The first mention of the automatic writing as a means of interpreting messages dates all the way back to 1100 AD China. Um, that seems wrong because 1100 AD would have been, oh, that oh, that is AD. I was thinking BC was what they meant, but apparently it was 1100 AD. So, um, so, Jesus. not quite Jesus. And then 1890 was when businessman Elijah Bond filed a patent for the planchette and alphabet board known as the Ouija board. And so, in, in the 1990s, um, Hasbro was like, we need more portals to hell open so that demons will come out and be our employees because we are of Satan. And so yes. basically, the, the thing I loved about that commercial was the insanely stupid fucking questions <laughs>
0: that these kids are well, asking. My parents let me go to the concert. Because uh...
1: the, the idea is that like everybody knows that the idea of a Ouija board is that it's supposed to be like communicating with spirits. And yet they're asking the spirits about like how tall they're going to get and like if they're going to make the basketball team and horse shit like that. Not like saying like, "Hey, Grandma, like, are we still cool?" Even though I was, I tripped are you and still... you fell down the stairs.
0: <laughs> my, my, grandma, I'm gonna spell this out for you. My bad. MB, my bad, Grandma.
1: M B G M I K Y. I killed you. <laughs> S. Sorry. <laughs> and then just like, what? It's moving. It's moving by itself. Fuck you. Uh,
0: fuck you, Grandma. G-ma. Good that's that's
1: all in the commercial for Ouija board.
0: <laughs> okay. So, okay. Did you have more that you wanted to talk about in terms um, of the backstory? Because I wanted to go into straight to, like, did you ever play the Ouija board?
1: Um, I at least know of one. I don't think I... I know I had a friend who got it, and it must have been when this happened, because I know I was, like, seven or eight or something like that. Like, I was super young, mm-hmm. and I was at this friend's house, because I remember it was at one house where it would have had to have been when I when I lived there. And so, like... I feel like at one point like we put our hands on it and it was moving and of course it was kind of the you're moving it no you're moving it just like they say um I still don't know the reality of Ouija boards because I've never like I don't know I've never been in a game where I knew for a fact that everyone had agreed like no we're not gonna fuck with it like and just seen what yeah. happened yeah
0: yeah so. and I guess if you're because if you're playing it as like a, a young person say younger than 18 yeah. You're probably someone's definitely fucking with it, yeah. even though you're like, "Don't touch it, and they're or like, don't push it, you're like, I'm not pushing yeah. it <laughs> but I'm definitely pushing it um shit, man, we need to do this as adults. we can maybe we don't, maybe we don't need to open portals yeah, right the, now that's the we're thing in this like, global pandemic, and like
1: we don't need to be don't... responsible for a pandemic of demons, just demons only. Um, murder but, hornets yeah
0: we, prote- we can lay off we don't need i was gonna say the, to the murder protest.
1: hornets thing went down pretty quickly they're just like they just kind of well, like no, it's kind of like the killer bees thing back in the 90s but
0: you know what the the murder murder hornets live in the autonomous zone in seattle
1: the autonomous so it's zone all,
0: do you not know we'll talk about that offline it doesn't have to be part of the nah, show but yeah yeah
1: so yeah i'm i'm uh I was pretty just, I I, I kept seeing, like, when I look up stuff, like, because I look up stuff about toys and things for the 90s for my things all the time, and I kept seeing this thing talking about Ouija board, and I was like, this is something from forever ago. This is not a 90s thing. Like, it doesn't even feel like a 90s thing. It wasn't until I clicked on it and looked deeper, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize this was the first time in the 90s when they're like, this is a kid's toy. Because, listen, like, they will sell you fucking Barbed, we will sell fucking barbed wire to kids if they think they'll buy it. Like they don't give a shit. That's true. Like all they give a shit about is money. So like, and it's 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 not that hard to believe that they were like, like let's tell the kids that this is all just basically magic that'll tell you stuff rather than spirits from the other from the fucking astral plane giving you messages. <laughs> so
0: I I don't think I play with it quite this young. I I want to say it was high school when i first played it Mm -hmm. i want to say it was that late
1: yeah so but i never really played with it beyond that like i just never encountered it that often and then and i think it's just honestly just been in the past like 10 years or whatever that i've been like now to the point where i'm like i i probably would if a bunch of other people were but like i still like would never go out of my way to do it because i'm just like i just you know i don't really want to fuck with that shit I know this isn't really 90s court stuff at this point. This is ghost stuff, but. No, but um, it's still,
0: but I mean, but, but listen, okay. If the majority of our listeners are our age or near about two, they had enough like young experience in the 90s that they're like, yo, you're right. I fucked around with some Ouija board. I should not have fucked around with some Ouija board.
1: Like, I shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. So
0: there was a, there was a, and now, now, now they're done, but there was a podcast called the good luck sleeping podcast mm-hmm. and they covered the Ouija board in one of their episodes. And it was like, the girls were like screaming, like they're never doing it again. They're like, oh, this is no. a fucking mistake. Like don't do, it. I think, or maybe one made one. I don't know. It was wild, but that's like, so Ouija cool. I didn't know
1: you listened to them They're I, yeah, they're good friends of the podcast. So
0: yeah, cool. I love, Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, they're great. Their, their podcast. I'm sad it's over, but they had a great podcast while oh. it was going. So yeah.
1: <laughs> and they never yeah. slept again. And they never slept <laughs> again. That's the end of the Ouija board.
0: Ba-dum-bum. So oh, so is it? It's are we Lisa's swinging turn. it on over yes. to me? Okay, um, Andy. Yes. I'm going to give you a few words All to right. get you onto the wavelengths of of my thing, and I want to know if any of these words mean anything to you. Okay, you don't have to give me definitions, but I'm going to give you four words. Okay. Heal.
1: Okay, I know what that means. Heat. Yes. Mark. Okay. Potato. Heel, heat, you, mark, potato.
0: Are you on my wavelength? What does this seem like I'm going to be talking about to you?
1: Dude, like, I don't know. I could just, you said the word potato was the last thing.
0: Potato. Um, these are all words that are related to rustling
1: oh okay you, I knew heel did you, did you, I don't I heel. didn't know potato was
0: okay I'll, real quick Heel, for those for for those who didn't know because this was interesting to me I did not know this lingo heel is a villainous wrestler mm-hmm. okay heat is like booing and jeering you know a wrestler mm-hmm. mark is is like like a pejorative term for someone who believes that like wrestling is not fake it's not staged um and then potato is like a strike to the head which actually makes contact so.
1: I've never heard – like, honestly, I've heard heel, and that was the only term of those that I've heard. Interesting. In, and that was as well, I was... a kid who watched wrestling a lot.
0: Interesting. Well, I th- – th- that was just to get you on the wavelength. I'm not talking about these things necessarily. I just wanted to see if I could get you there. So,
1: And now I'm, gonna I'm going to talk to you about pizza rolls. I I'm know we covered it last week. Totinas, but... <laughs> totinas, totinas. I'm going to you about Totino's, Totino's,
0: Totino's. I'm going to be talking – Less about wrestling, but more something that was, like, specific to wrestling that I had no idea was tied to this mm-hmm. world at all, okay? Um, this weekend sometime, Jack and I were, like, making the kids lunch, playing around in the kitchen, being funny and joking, and he, like, we were kind of just just jacking around in the kitchen, and he just did the, like, when you cross your arms over each other and, cr- you know, slap them around your hips, that kind of makes an X over your crotch, which would mean what? suck it suck it he did that to me i was like you son of a bitch and then it dawned on me i was like hold on i was like i'm pretty sure that may have been something that started in the 90s and i was like i'm gonna follow this are you ready listen listen so it I've I've probably seen dudes do that way longer in my life than I can possibly remember. So I started looking it up. It turns out that the suck it, like X move, where you move your, you do the X like over your crotch is actually called the crotch chop, which I did not know had it like a proper term. Um, And the crotch chop was apparently used by a team called Degeneration X.
1: Huh? I've played. never heard of that. As I was just doing the theme music for DX before. Well, you I didn't
0: I didn't know. I didn't know the, didn't know the theme <laughs> song, but I was like, "You're blowing my shit, Andy." Yeah. But you got? But you know the. Th- so, what was it? Do the theme again.
1: Oh, you ready? Ding, ding. And then eventually, it's like, break it down. Oh my gosh. Oh, let me see. Let me get the. Let me see. Let me get the old school. Are you going to cue it up for me? Nope. Oh, hold on.
0: So, while, while you're looking something up.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh, this is a lot.
1: I don't think they really hear the, the, the voice very often in the thing.
0: I'd like not to hear it ever again. This is the worst. Okay, I mean, the guitar riffs all right
1: i want to get so to the part where it where they break it down anyway sorry like you were talking about it and i was so angry because i was like i wanted to do a court case on this at some point maybe we still will well
0: but, but this this is just i'm only talking about the suck it
1: okay suck it only I'm Only talking about suck exclusive it. Only suck talking, it right Go I, ahead. this is
0: only talking about suck it okay this is from the wwf's attitude era which I don't know anything about. Um, It was apparently first used by Shawn Michaels before the formation of the Generation X. And uh, it was confirmed to be uh, put in use as, as early as July 21st happy birthday mom 1997 mm-hmm. um, during an, an interview on Raw is War I think it was like a Canadian episode or something I don't know no, but Ra- from Wikipedia
1: sorry huh? Raw is War was just the Monday show the main show that was on every is that week.
0: what it was okay yeah. I don't know any of these things so you're gonna correct me I'm here across for. the board which is that's what I know it's like re- so I, I was like Andy you're really gonna like my thing because it, it's like it's an era it, or it's a realm that like I don't mm, know you yes. know but this is a fun one so from wikipedia because these lines made me laugh really hard um quote unquote months later at the october 6 1997 episode of raw is war both michaels and triple h repeatedly directed the crotch chop at both heart and hostile members of the audience according to triple h vince mcmahon was hesitant to let degeneration x members perform the x at first but he was later talked into it when degeneration x enters the ring they do a pyro routine Green X Pyrotechnics go off three times with Degeneration X crotch chopping at each firing. Then they mm-hmm. pause for a second, then chop once more <laughs> as the Pyrotechnics fire for a fourth time. I don't know why that may it was just like them talking about chopping and it, it just I, I don't know. It made me laugh really hard. The like I was giggling. Chop. It's just crotch chop. It was so I feel like I saw this as early as middle school, perhaps, which would have been uh, yeah, around that time frame, which would make sense. Um Ninety-seven and whatnot, and I feel like you would see it whenever dudes were annoyed at teachers, and the teacher turned their back, or they were having an issue with each other on the playground. So good, or breaking up with their girlfriend of two weeks. Like, so good. So good. So, can we talk about how much we dropped this crotch job? Like, how much did you? Surely you dropped it a lot. You had to have. Like, I had, I have zero things to suck, and I did this motion nonstop. You have to understand.
1: Like, here is the (laughs) thing. I was a very, like, even at Like, I was, like, a underdeveloped child as far as, like, knowing inappropriate things. And so, like, I didn't – I it was one of those things where, like, I wasn't, like, at least – maybe I think I knew, like, suck it, like, maybe, like, meant, like, suck my balls or suck my dick or something like that. But, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know for sure that's what it meant. And I was, like, there's no way that's what it could mean. That's not
0: something that anyone would ever do. Of course. (laughs) That sounds gross. Yeah,
1: as a child, like, I didn't think – too much of it so i didn't think it was a big deal to do i do recall there was a specific event at recess in like sixth or seventh grade or so, probably like sixth grade or something like that where at least 15 boys <gasps> were sent to detention for all doing it at the same time like it was just like a joke or whatever but like like the la- the lady like who saw it came it's like they were all they were all pointing at their groins and telling that man to suck it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I just like I I have I have a friend um, named Colby that I grew up with in in high school that I feel like uh, he watched wrestling and I'm pretty sure he was like the king of doing like the suck it move in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was just like there may have been a couple of other people but like you just saw it all the time and I fucking when Jack pulled it out this weekend I was like who the fuck do you think you are that is hilarious
1: yep it's it um, is in it's retrospect like, it's one of those things that like you don't think about that often but you're like man like the fact that they were that they thought that that was such a cool move and like you said about the pyrotechnics thing it was super badass when they did that and then X X pyrotechnics shot through the air as they did the socket thing each time <laughs>
0: But can you, like, I went back and watched this and I was just dying laughing. Like, this is what we were doing? This is where this came from? I I mean, not that it looked super cool when people were doing it, you know, in eighth grade hall, you know, hallways without pyrotechnics. It never really looked cool to begin with. But, like, I just, I needed, I got to the bottom of it. I did not know that was where it originated from. That was fascinating Mm to me. Um, And, like, now I am, like, I, I beg you all this week to just do the crotch chop at someone and be like no fuck this suck it just do it
1: i do i do want everyone to know all of our wrestling fans any of our wrestling fans out there who are current wrestling fans or past wrestling fans i have some andy claude filter did love dx and did love nwo and like i just want you guys to know that on paper is that that while it is ridiculous i did still love them and i still think that they were rad at the time but now yes it is a little silly
0: no, well, yeah, but just going going back, I should say, going back and looking at stuff from like the late '90s and seeing them do it, it's like, oh, this is sweet. I mean, yeah, this like is
1: sweet. Like there's a lot of, th- I mean, like the, if there's one thing I've learned about about this show and watching the things that we've watched and a lot of that stuff is that mm-hmm. a lot of things are so much better in my memory and like they just wish that i wouldn't have watched it again to find out just how wrong I, my memory was yes. <laughs> about how great yeah. something was
0: because i'm like, like maybe perhaps the coming out of nope. our shells tour by T D T ninja turtle oh no.
1: that well, we didn't know anything about that that was that was terrific <sighs> though that was outstanding
0: but jack knew it my husband knew it he was like we watched the shit out of this dvd as a kid <laughs> nice or at least had the or had like they had the dvd and the soundtrack or something he was like it, it's too much it's too much to come back to it but yeah. anyway that's the second move guess what 2020 sucks tell 2020 to suck it yeah, all right just
1: 2020 suck all it. day yeah just so that's our feelings on the so, year so
0: so that suck it i'm done
1: OK, <laughs> thank you, Lisa. No, I appreciate it. That <laughs> was welcome. like, it was one of those things like the lead in. I thought I was going to be so excited. And then like you gave those facts about like heel and all that stuff. And like, I was like, I don't know what these things have in common. So I was just I was. But then when you finally said what it was, it was like, yes. So, so oh, yeah. much excites. So yeah. before we go to our break, there's a couple things we wanted to cover real quick. So first off, we always like to give a right off the bat shout out to our brand new patron. Woo-hoo. Um Somebody who just subscribed, Um, super exciting to have her on board, Jacqueline. uh, Thank you so much for joining as a bailiff level, um, the $5 or higher level, um, who is now going to be able to listen to all of our fun bonus content, um, get our bi-weekly shout outs in our podcast and generally just be awesome for supporting the community. We love you and you were so awesome. Thank you. And as always, we always look forward to you guys' input on future episodes as well. Um, but we also wanted to give our shout outs to the rest of our uh, patrons since we did miss out last week. So we're going to give it to everybody this week. Um, once again, we would like to shout out uh, our our second newest p- patron, Michael, um, who recently came on board. Always love your feedback on, on yeah. the Facebook group and everything like that. Uh, your different comments and stuff. It genuinely makes us smile every time we get feedback from people um, on, on how much they enjoy the show. Uh, Preston, the, the immortal um, who is uh, our, one of our rock steady, amazing fans that has been with us through thick and thin. Uh, you are the man. Uh, Tim, a uh, good close friend of mine who also listens to the podcast and supports us at the bailiff level. You're a rock star. You're neat. Uh, but I don't want to say too much because I don't want you to give a big, big head. And then I'll let Lisa take over the last two.
0: And we've got Afton, my girl, Oh, she and I were wafty. going back and forth on a show that I think I'm going to cover in, in the next few weeks. I just have to do some freshening up on it. Oh, and did she bring it up? Ideas.
1: She she brought, brought it up to me, and I'm like, you're going to need to talk to Lisa about that. And she's like, dang <laughs> she, it.
0: <laughs> she pitched it to me, and I was like, mm. Yes, I'll bite. I'll, I'll bite. bite. <laughs> so at least you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. Afton knows what we're talking about. Afton, thank you. We appreciate all your feedback, all the participation in the show. And of course, Clarissa, dear friend of the show, yes. awesome lady, loves the show. She and her husband have listened together and it's been fun to Aww. get feedback from them. So, uh, But they're both personal together. friends of mine. Bring with cursing about the Swing 90s.
1: about the 90s, singing yeah, so. songs that are nothing.
0: Yeah, it's my jam, dude. So, so anyway, hey, thank you to all the uh, all the supporters of the show. We really appreciate it. And if you want to be a supporter of the show, uh, we have a Patreon that's patreon.com slash 90scourt. Um, and we have some, as Andy said, we have some bonus content on there for you to check out. Yes. So yeah, if you like hearing us, you like even hearing us even more. Yeah. we got other random shit over there, so.
1: We do. And hey, just another quick shout out, just because it's been a couple of weeks and so some things have changed. So, um, again, the other podcast that I'm going to be featured on um, coming up soon, uh, we'll be having our first, like, actual full, like, episode coming out here in probably within the week, probably by this weekend. Um, But uh, the Daring Adventures podcast, um, which is, again, it's an actual play live D&D podcast. No, that's not everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. Um, They are now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and some other ones as well. Um, If you want to check us out, there's currently three player interviews um, that are up um, right now in our feed. So if you just search Daring Adventures, um, you can also find us at DaringPod on Twitter. And we'll be having a character creation episode and our episode zero, um, which is... Actually, like kind of a, a real play episode as well um, will be up this week. So um, just wanted to give a quick shout out on that. I promise I won't do it every week. <laughs> so uh,
0: You got to do something. Plug your show, man. Yeah, do so, it.
1: Um, but anyway, so I think that's enough for this half of the show. Um, why don't we say we take a break and then we'll come back with our polls from two weeks ago. And, of course, our wonderful court case for this week.
2: Sounds good. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody on the train, all aboard, you snooze, you lose. Buy my loot boxes? Not you! Get off the train! Don't let him on. Oh, okay. All right, listen here, Greenhorn. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about how to conduct a podcast. First thing you need to know is never stay on topic Ever, Uh, sir? What do you want? Uh, people are complaining about the Venom movie still. I don't care. Feed them, Justice League. Or something. Get them off my back. Copy. Sir, it says in the book that you need to stay
1: on topic as a
2: pod... Screw the book, Greenhorn. The book was written by dinosaurs. Second thing you need to know is never report news that's not at least two or three weeks old. Uh, sir? What do you want? People are complaining about the Pokemon Go update. I don't care! Just... Gag them! Or something! Shut them up! On it. Uh, sir? What do you want, Greenhorn? I think the train might be going off the rails. That's exactly how we run this show. This is the Crazy Train of Thought podcast, brought to you by the Idiot Savants. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. www.crazytrainofthought.com
1: Welcome back! Welcome back! From the break we took, that sucked for you.
0: Not so bad though. You got it to hear my fine. like ten, tim- <laughs> my month tim- old recording of doing getting your own anchor uh, episode I going. I feel like you've
1: <laughs> upgraded it since then. I I remember the old old one, and then there was a new one that was upgraded. Just like constantly just. I think Anchor just gave up. They're just like, we're just gonna only do advert because it used to be they do advertisings for other things, but now they're just like, just, just Anchor only. Just talk about yeah. us.
0: Just talk about us, please. Yeah. Well, other podcast.
1: There was a nice like a uh, blend of different uh, ads, but this time they're just like, no, just, just do Anchor. We just we don't have anything for you except that. So, um, yeah. we are grateful for you, Anchor. Thanks so much for your great work. Now I'm giving you extra ad time for no reason to make up for the fact that it sounded like I was being mean to you. um so hey everybody welcome back from the break um as usual you know the drill we're coming up with our poll time from two weeks ago from our Mm -hmm. last episode i will briefly mention another poll result that maybe some of you are unaware was a thing but first off i wanted to talk to you guys about pizza rolls versus bagel bites now for the first time in history literally 40 polls (laughs) <laughs> and is the first time ever that I voted for the thing that Lisa covered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a big one. And
1: ironically, this is the first week that we both lost. <laughs> the, thing we we both lost. the thing we voted for. The thing we voted for lost yeah. them both. Because I was like, I can't in good consciousness say that pizza rolls are better than bagel bites. They are the cheaper, ugly cousin of, <laughs> of bagel bites. Is, they yeah. are tasty, they're fine, but they are not they are not bagel bites. Like if I would say if Bagel Bites were as cheap and affordable as Pizza Rolls, I think people would this day, they would have won. However, it was a hard-fought battle on Facebook and Twitter. Almost identical for the first time ever between Facebook and Twitter agreeing on something. Pizza Rolls, 56% to 44%. Um, so pretty tight there. Twitter, literally the exact same thing. 56% to 44%. Um, I think we did get more votes on Facebook this time, though. Um, a lot more people... Interested in talking about food on? They Facebook. were engaged. Yeah.
0: In the winter, was pizza rolls, man. winner was man. pizza
1: rolls, and I listen. It was. It's. It's hard to say nay to either one. I just personally don't get bagel bites that often, and when I do, I'm thrilled about it. So, um, the other poll I did want to mention briefly was actually for a Patreon exclusive episode that we did last week. Um, so most of you didn't see this; it was just on Twitter. Um, but I did want to let you know that we did have a poll for puppies versus kittens. Which for that those was of you who show are we did. unaware, that was our that was our I was our bonus episode. So if you are still not sure or on the fence, we did do an episode of Puppies versus Kittens. And it was all the entire episode was puppies versus kittens. It was no things or anything like that. Just just puppies, kittens. Forty
0: something minutes of us yeah, talking about, about animals. fucking animals. I had a blast.
1: It was yeah, it was very fun. I had a like I said, blast. that's kind of why I like these like the ghost the ghost versus aliens one in this one. It just it's they're just goofy and like you can talk about pretty much anything on there. Um so puppies did come out to victor, um sixty percent to forty percent. So it was a a, mm. a hard fought battle, but uh but kittens, uh sorry, we're gonna have to put you in a cannon.
0: In a cannon? You could just take them to the animal shelter, but that seems fine no, too, I guess.
1: Space is where cats belong. Space. I've seen cats the, I have space. a I have a hoodie, a Christmas an ugly Christmas sweater hoodie that is galaxy cat out in space with a piece of pizza and a Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> so, Perfect. Gosh, um,
0: I love Christmas sweaters. So, yeah.
1: So that's our poll. Um, sorry if it disappointed you. Um,
0: Everything is a disappointment. Everything's,
1: everything's yeah. awful all the time, um, but we did it. Every- so, um, as always, um, we do, of course, bring you court cases here on 90s Court. And without further ado, something just came across my desk. Ba-dum-bam-ba-dum! dum Woo. I gave up on it's clever. Time. I gave up on cleverness this week and just thought I'm just gonna just do the, <laughs> just do it. Go
0: in dry, Andy. Just go. Just <laughs> oh like, God. Just, it's good.
1: Okay. Well. Let's just go for it. I took that somewhere you didn't mean to. So, anyways. No, uh, I,
0: it's exactly what I meant. It's just I, what
1: you meant. Good.
0: It's just what I meant. That's good. I I'm, get the show I on the fucking the- road.
1: It's better than whenever like, I've said I... horrific sexual things at the beginning of episodes. At least you waited until halfway through. Yes. Um, all the people
0: who are like, I'm too old for this have long signed off. They're gone. Don't they're worry. Ju- our been our gone True gone Blue so fans are still here. Thank you, yeah. True Blue.
1: So um, we thought of a couple really really good movies this week, guys. Um, some ones that are very very nostalgic and still have a lot of cultural reference ref, relevance today. I think that's one thing I've loved about social media is realizing what how many movies are so culturally relevant from memes and you know just references and words that people use. And so that's why mm-hmm. this week we are bringing you Jumanji versus Hook
0: double Robin I don't know Williams what that was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> D- double R-dubs R-dubs, R-dubs. So, um,
1: so Jumanji R-R-R-dub. versus Hook um, so Lisa this week is going to be taking on Jumanji first and then I will be coming at you with Hook afterwards with my rebuttal
0: let's fucking get down to brass tacks okay Okay. Jumanji was released December 15th 1990, 90, woo, 1995 that's a year um Christmas time, baby. Amazing. Grossed $263 million worldwide with a budget of $65 million. That's pretty good. Although I think it was only like the 10th highest grossing film that year. Right? <laughs> so, I don't know. 95 must have been a blockbuster year. So, whatever the case is, the whole premise is that there's a supernatural board game that releases Jungle Beasts all over your world oh no. at present day. And it is Ruthless with a capital R. Okay? Scope that. We open the movie... Uh, in ni- in 1869, where two boys are burying the game, um, and they're like, "Boy, I hope no one ever finds this." And we flash forward to this 1969. game sucks. I'm
1: putting this in the ground.
0: Hmm. Well, that's what you did. That's what that's people sounded like in
1: now. the 181890s or 1860s or whatever <laughs> it was.
0: <laughs> so, so we flash forward to 1869. Nice. Uh, where 19. Alan Parrish, 1969. Nice. Where Alan Parrish is nice. a little dough boy who's getting his ass kicked by neighborhood boys, okay, and they don't like him because he is a Parrish, which is like a wealthy family in town, and also because he's like the main boys. Uh, he's friends with like the main dude's girl girlfriend. I mean, honestly, and he's
1: like, I agree. Fuck him, Eat the rich. Whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> kick his ass. Burn his house down. Burn it to his the ground. family.
1: Feel the burn.
0: Burn this shit down. Parishes must go. Well, they felt this, but. So they chase Alan on his bike to his father's shoe factory, if you recall, and that's where we meet Carl, played by David Alan Greer, uh, who is uh, one, a comedian I forgot I loved so much. Oh my gosh, David Alan Greer. Um, and he, he was like, yo, Alan, scope these sneakers I'm making. And he's like, Shh, don't tell anybody. I'm going to show your old man who owns the factory. I'm going to show your old man later today. And and then Alan immediately like gets called out by his dad for being in the factory and then puts the shoe, the sneakers on the conveyor belt and it destroys the machine and then Carl gets in trouble for it and is fired. Carl Carl. So Alan's dad is like, go stand up to those boys. I'm not giving you a ride home and of course Alan goes down you know, outside, gets his ass. Imagine you go
1: outside and beat the shit out of those kids
0: well nothing happened they fucked him up and he was like well never I'm mind still made i regret dope. i
1: regret giving you that task i remember his <laughs> so, dad his dad being a very refined gentleman and having this kind ex- of a he voice. was
0: a parish andy a parish of of the highest quality meat fuck, <laughs> so ooh. fuck
1: my family
0: it, it well well Moving so on. Wh- whatever the case is <laughs> he goes outside gets his ass kicked and then after he gets Beaten up, he stands up, and he hears the drumming coming from the construction construction site nearby. And none of the construction workers hear it, and nor are they concerned with the little boy walking around the construction site that's a hard hat area. And they're just like, I guess there's this fucking kid here, whatever, and they don't pay him any attention. And then he takes a shovel and starts, like, digging around and finds the box and then, like, breaks open the box. And literally no one gives it a second thought again. It's like, hey, OSHA... OSHA. are you okay where are you how's your osha you cool um and then he f- he fucking gets the box and then runs home okay so he gets into a fight with his parents that evening and and they're like you know we want to send you to a boarding store he, store boarding school. store i want to go to do a boarding store you and go there and the you can
1: only shop there for for four years until you graduate
0: and the only thing they sell are boards it sucks <laughs> It's like the worst Home Depot you've ever been to. I'm starving. So goes, I can't eat any more board. It's, oh my gosh. So they're like, we're sending you to a boarding school. He's like, no. And he's like, I don't want to because it's like an esteemed one and ha- like he'll be staying in the hall that was like named after the parish or so whatever. He was like, No, I don't want to. And they were like, well, anyway, fuck you. We're going to a dinner party, and you're staying home alone because it's 1969. I mean, honestly,
1: you'll probably get your ass kicked way less if you go there because they're all probably a bunch of pussies. So just fucking go. Yes, everyone
0: would be like, would you like to play disc golf or not? Like, actually, they they would never play that at a boarding school. We'll be giving
1: handies behind the jungle gym.
0: My lord. That's a lot of information. (laughs) So... He's gonna run away. He starts packing his shit up and he's going to the door and Jumanji starts like dun, 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 again. And then at the door is Sarah, the girlfriend of the neighborhood kid that doesn't, you know, doesn't like him. And she comes in and they accidentally start playing Jumanji because if you you know, the dice yeah. considers being dropped or oh, rolled. No. And the game gets started. So if you remember, Alan gets sucked into the game. Like his hands start sucking into the game in like the sand, jungle, and it starts whirlpooling around.
1: Dice roll. F- is it, Do you know the words? F- is it five or eight? I know the it's eight. The drink, it's something or eight. Yes. No, it's it's in the jungle. You must wait until the dice roll something or eight. I can't remember what the first number is, but
0: five, five. I think it has to be five because he because he, he came out and, and at one point asked, "Did either be roll a five or an eight?
1: Okay, then that's it. He did ask that at some point yes. in the line.
0: So good job, Andy. Damn, dude. And I just watched this movie like 24 hours ago. So uh so he gets sucked in the game, Sarah's screaming, her her role gets her attacked by bats, and then she runs out of the house, and there the game sits alone with Alan in Limbo living in the game. So fast forward to 1995, where we meet Judy and Peter Shepard, who are played by Kirsten Dunst and Bradley Pierce, and they are these two orphaned siblings who are moving into the vacant parish mansion with their aunt uh, after their parents died on a ski trip like a year before. Good. Always and good so dead
1: parent stories.
0: Always. It, the, Disney, the Disney Pixar MO. Um, so uh, they immediately start hearing the drumming. And go up to the attic and check it out one day before school. And that's whenever like all of Jumanji's bullshit is unleashed. <laughs> it's like right. all of it. So they start playing, uh, they accidentally start rolling, you know, if, if you remember the little figurines just move on the board. I actually, thought that was Magnetically sealed
1: cool... to the you know, it's a dope like it's one of those things where I think they ended up trying to make like a game version of it, but I was like, if they could have made like a game version board version of that that was almost identical to the one on the on the movie, it would have been so fucking dope
0: would have been so awesome even if nothing actually happened that aspect would have well yeah
2: No one has like actual I I animals want, like, coming actually, out of it
0: they're like this to buy this game costs six hundred and seventy five thousand dollars because you have to purchase a lion yeah. um monkeys like it's a lot guys it's a lot and
1: so a million dollar liability policy
0: tremendously yes absolutely Giant mosquitoes fly out of the game and start attacking the city. Monkeys are fucking up the kitchen in their mansion. Oh, and then no. they go on a rampage throughout the city. And then a lion comes out and starts chasing the kids. When suddenly, boom, Robin Williams to the rescue. i uh, And Alan, Alan, excuse me, Robin Williams is Alan Parrish, who is now 26 years older. And so he's out of the game running around in like jungle clothes and doing the whole like, what year is it? Bullshit, which is hilarious. The as meme, about earlier. The, the, the ultimate meme. meme. I did also – it's year, funny that
1: just within a week like of, of us doing this, like I did make a reference to the fact that my hair and beard did make me look like him when he came out of the game board.
0: And it, it, it he has so much beard and so much hair. Mm-hmm. So he the kids find out that this is in fact Alan Parrish and that he was not chopped up and hidden in the walls of the mansion by his father like the town believes, which is pretty fucked up. I don't remember that aspect That's of the a movie
1: weird, at all. Weird, weird rule – weird belief.
0: Yes. Yeah, it is for a kid's movie mm-hmm. that they say several times in front of my children with whom I watch this movie. Oh, good. So so Alan realizes in order for him to leave the game, he has to finish the game he started with Sarah 26 years ago. Sarah is played by Bonnie Hunt. Quick. The one, the only.
1: I know I've interjected so many times. I apologize. What's Isn't it really fortunate that they rolled a five or eight like before it was her turn? Because if they got to her turn, they would have just been like well, we don't know who else is playing, so I guess we're stuck forever. <laughs> yeah. Because if Robin Williams wouldn't have come that. out of there, they would have just been sitting there and be like, well, I guess we can't play anymore and there's just fucking mosquitoes and lions and shit.
0: Like, this is a bad time for our city. This is, this is a bad. bad time. This so. is all bad. So they go find Sarah, who is in fucking denial and has been for years. Or, and it has been in like years of therapy as well because mm-hmm. the game like fucked her up and they were like no you like you have to finish the game so they forced her to join and so sarah's move unleashes carnivorous vines all over the house alan's move unleashes a big game hunter named van pelt who is hell bent on killing alan
1: such a dick
0: yeah and uh and a stampede is let loose on the town like elephants rhinos all the big dudes so the stampede stampede also gets a, a pelican and the pelican steals the game as the stampede is passing, um, and that begins like a citywide it game of chasing the board game itself. I didn't even um, think
1: about how random it was that a pelican came out of a stampede. It feels like it was completely unrelated. They're just like, we just need a, a plot twist in this now, game. Also, quick.
0: but would pelicans exist in the jungle?
1: Listen, you can't question these things. I mean, I don't know if a lot of those animals lived in the jungle. Technically,
0: I don't know. I don't. I, I don't science. Oh, I do not science. Yeah, rhinos. So, rhinos don't live knowledge. in the
1: jungle. I don't believe they live like in savannas.
0: Shit, I don't know. Listen, we're showing our ignorance. Let's stop talking about this. I bet all these animals are like one hundred percent. Message us at '90s know.
1: Court about about animal facts. <laughs> about,
0: are they, about animal, just sign us up for Zoo Books, please, because we don't know shit. Um, so. Uh, Van Pelt the the g- big game hunter is also like just running amok in town and, and like they end up in this department store and he's got this huge gun and there are all these like booby traps and shit that end up getting Van Pelt crushed under a big tower of uh, paint cans okay so they get the board game back after all this bullshit oh I'm sorry I, I failed to mention that also in this time frame we meet Carl from the factory 26 years ago who is now an officer and, and um, he's the one that he uh Robin Williams characters is, is talking to whenever he does like, what year is it? It was the officer. And if you remember, I did not remember in this movie, but the car, the cop car that Carl was driving was new to him and he loved it. And he was babying it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it just kept getting fucking destroyed over and over and over, <laughs> and over again. Like monkeys shooting a shotgun Poor through it. Carl. It got crashed into this. Yeah. And he was just like, man, my car, my car, dude, like uh, so the group ends up back at the mansion, which is now overrun with jungle vines, and begins uh, and they begin to finish the game, which leads to letting loose a monsoon and all kinds of other bullshit. And then, right as Van Pelt returns to the mansion to shoot Alan, Alan drops the dice and wins the game, Chihuahua. which causes. And then he says, Chihuahua.
1: "What did you That's say?" Right.
0: Did you watch this this week? Did you no, watch I didn't. It? You watched... I just have a very good memory this? of this
1: fucking flick. Yes. Oh my
0: gosh, I had no memories. I was like, oh, no. I don't remember literally any of this. This is amazing. Look at you with your brain. You don't
1: understand. Like, it, like it was. I wasn't thrilled to have to cover Hook in this situation, but I was like, all oh. right. Well, you know nothing about Hook, so that's okay.
0: I see, I see. Okay, well, so Vampelt Pelt and everything else that the game unleashed are like toilet bowl swirled back into the game, and Jumanji has finished. They finish the game. And once it's done, Sarah and Alan return to 1969, but as the children that they were, and have all the memories of what took place. And then at the end of the movie, they are back to the age that they were in 1995, and they are introduced to... um,
1: And they randomly know each other. Like
0: well uh, Judy and Peter they run into yeah. Judy and Peter Kirsten. care, and they they come into contact with them because their friends are the the parents that were you know that died and they were like oh we were thinking about going on a ski trip and they were like no no don't don't go on a don't go on a ski trip please don't do that and they were like oh okay i guess we won't and then he saved their parents nice. from dying um which was a good and they, you know they uh, Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt's character was also pregnant At the end of the movie, but it was just a good callback. It was a good movie. It was probably too intense for my children, but we all watched it together as their first like non-cartoon movie, and I thought that was a good first start. It was good. Some of the CG pretty bad, but for the most part, (laughs) held up pretty. For the most part, if you like squinted your eyes, just fine. The monkeys terrible, trash bag doo doo balls, trash bag doo doo balls. Everything else was good. Everything else was pretty good, but the monkeys awful yeah
1: jumanji jumanji oh jumanji. man like no i i i, I you know it's crazy like you mentioned that last part about like the way that they like you know they went back to time to like where they were and mm-hmm. they met each other in the future like think about the amount of movies there are that involve time travel and stuff like that and so like many. future and stuff that is that is actually a really like i don't know if i've seen another movie that has had that unique type of time travel where somebody goes back in they were in they met each other in the present The other people go back in the past to their former selves and then they come back to the present time again and they know each other. Like that's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a weird way of like a rule of of time travel. You know what I mean? So that's just Mm -hmm. struck me as weird that they would know each other even after that. Well Um,
0: the whole fucking concept for this was weird, but there it it was. It was. It was based on a
1: book a book that I did read as a child before the movie came out. It was a very short book, and it just was like yeah, it was. I I remember seeing the book. It was a picture book. But anyways, I'm not. We're not talking about Jumanji anymore. Though we're talking about Hook. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who couldn't get enough Peter Pan, they brought you Hook. Which, as I recall, thinking like it's a more kind of a grittier version of of Peter Pan. Back when I was a kid, I thought that, and I thought that for many years until I watched it again, and then it was like, no, it, no, it's not. It's just a. It's just them being like, we want to make a movie about peter pan but call it hook because hook is a big part of it but also make it more okay. like modernistic you know and so it's it's a okay. little bit less fantastical and of course the common like the whole everybody's like whoa this this is just a story this can't be real you know the the non-belief of people and stuff so anyways we'll, we'll start from the beginning this movie came out okay. in 1991 so Ooh, four years before yours did us. so it was an old one um Movie starts out. I'm going to give you my stream of conscious notes that I (laughs) that I took just to go through the films. I love these. I love them. Hook. There's a play being performed to the children by by the children of of uh, Peter. They're doing the the show Peter Pan. That's right. Peter Pan is a real is real in this reality. Um, it's like a real story in this reality, and it's also real. You know, so like it's one of those things where it's it's a weird thing where the the story of Peter Pan is performed as if it's a play, like it's a fun magical thing. But also, like it's re- but also it's yeah. real. You know, it's it's kind of oh. a weird a weird meta thing there uh, that they do at the beginning. Uh, okay. Robin Williams, Peter Banning, is a businessman. Evidently, too much of a businessman, you know, like the kind that has job responsibilities and misses his kid's <laughs> stuff this time. Oh, no, I'm meetings, missing the big meetings, game. Meetings. Oh, and he's yeah. just such a grown-up. He is such a grown-up, and that's what you learn about old Robin Williams He's just grown up as fuck. That is such a common thing in this era, is to be like, dads just care too much about their jobs. Like, and that's such a common thing. And I'm just like, I don't know. I it's it the the the, the portrayal of the dads being too concerned with their jobs are always terrible because it really is most of the time the kids being super needy more than, more than anything. Um, yeah. So he misses the big game. Jack strikes out. Jack is his son. Um, and Jack once again is like, well, that's just. That's just to be expected. My dad missed it again. Um, So then flash smash cut after that. They're on a plane. Um, No explanation. Just they're on a plane. Uh, Robin Williams is on the plane and he's scared of flying apparently on planes, which apparently is foreshadowing to the fact that he's scared of flying in general, um, which would come up later. Um, Where are they going? You might ask. Jolly jolly old England, because no Peter Pan story can start in America. course not uh so wendy is there and she is old as balls um uh, but you can tell robin williams still wants that that hot bod um, he's just kind of giving her I, the like I he's kind of kinda giving her wendy. the eyes like oh hey girl which is weird because he's married to her daughter um so that's kind of what the story is is that peter banning is married to wendy darling's daughter um there's a lot of like background and stories and stuff like that that they kind of sneak in there it's really okay. insufficient backstory like they you either you either devote a lot of time to explain all of the backstory of stuff that happened in the past, or you don't devote any time to it. And they did just enough to the point where you were still kind of like, I think I understand what happened, but it really wasn't sufficient to explain everything.
2: Okay. So
1: they're at this house, um, the house where Wendy lived as a child, basically where the actual Peter Pan story began. Um, evidently Peter's job is kind of a dick bag job, <laughs> and Wendy is like, Oh, Peter, you've become a pirate when he's describing his job to her because he really does sound like a, a pirate when he describes it. Um, suck it, Peter. Um, and suck then, it, Peter. And then I noted here, <laughs> sorry we can't all open up orphan hospitals, Wendy. Um, some of us have to work dick bag jobs.
0: <laughs> Not in this economic climate. Yeah,
1: because in the movie, like, she is literally there going there because, like, there's this big ceremony where Wendy is opening a, an orphan hospital, which is the wow. most insane, like, think of the most insanely, like, overly over the top like uh f- philanthropy you can think of and being like yes, I'm opening orphan an orphan hospital. hospital.
0: Wait, both of our movies had a lot to do with orphans. Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah a lot of orphans. Um so let
0: me let me also preface this by mm-hmm. saying I've never seen Hook. Okay. So this is all new to me. Yes. Yeah.
1: So Peter really blows up at the kids and everybody's like, man, what a dick uh, because he was on the phone and the kids were like, Hey Dad, hey dad hey dad and he's like, shut the fuck up. Um, his wife ends up throwing his cell phone out the window uh, Listen I, I guess I was in the dark in, in 1991 This is the note I wrote here too Because I had no idea cell phones were around at, Were like so so around I'm sure like I knew that people In general maybe a person or like some rich Very very rich people had cell phones But he was on his cell phone a lot in the movie In 1991 which to me Still blows my mind because I have no frame of reference For like cell phone usage um, Because we definitely didn't have one in my household yeah. Um, Jack's soul, uh, the child, the the son of him, he has two children, Jack and Maggie. Jack's soul is basically slowly leaving his body during this entire movie. Uh, he's just slowly becoming more and more a soulless automaton, ready to do some stiff hard work um, as an adult. Like he's becoming more of an adult. And clearly his dad is responsible for making him the soul shell. But his daughter Maggie is still all about that magical imagination life. Mm. Um and (laughs) neverland (laughs) neverland uh is like fuck yes kids sleeping in the old room time to get some um because the kids were sleeping in the room where the whole thing started like the whole peter pan story you know the big windows open or whatever uh to the Uh balcony and then they get sucked out so apparently kids just sleeping in the room triggered something and they're like yes finally we can fucking steal some kids so um some crazy winds start blowing all over the place um, blowing huge windows open, and of course, um, naturally the kids get nabbed. That's right. Day one, the kids get kidnapped. <laughs> That's fucking Out of the efficient... orphan hospital. That's f- no, no. They're not at the. Ho- they're no. they're at no, Wendy's oh, house. No. 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 This is at Wendy's no. house. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, um, so sorry. So the kid bad, my bad, my bad. So they're there, and they get fucking efficiently nabbed day one. Um, Oof. The so Jack. I'm um, so uh, Peter and Wendy and their the adults all come home that night um, from the orphan hospital ribbon cutting or whatever. Uh, they rush into there and like, holy <laughs> shit! There's cuts all over the the walls and stuff. What the fuck happened? Oh, the kids are gone. Um, and in this, the most super subtle move, Captain Hook leaves an ornate letter pinned to the door with a rapier st- stuck into it, uh, basically saying, "I've got your fucking kids. Suck a dick." Um, so he, he did the crotch shot. He did, and yeah. then he did the suck it move. <laughs> so yeah. obviously, Peter calls the fucking cops because fuck this shit. Um, I mean, that's the thing is like, I think now as an adult, like I appreciate more like everybody's like, as a kid, I'm always like, you idiot. It's magic. You idiot. It's like, if I'm fucking Peter in this situation, I'm like some fucking thug just stole my fucking kids. Fuck England. The police better fucking get in here and help out. Um, So, uh, Wendy, the older woman is like, well, the cops aren't going to do shit. Peter time for some hard truths. You're Peter Pan. And it's, and it's your job to fix this shit. Uh, evidently Peter has no memory of anything from Neverland is not buying this I'm Peter Pan bullshit so instead he gets drunk
0: nice yeah. the Lisa away
1: yeah so he's like passed out in the kids room or whatever when suddenly Julia Roberts shows up that's right Julia Roberts plays Tinkerbell in this movie um, so tiny little Tinkerbell shows up and is like let's fucking get some dude and, Ju- <laughs> and Julia uh, yeah. and he's like obviously saying drunk things and is like you're a really small bug, and he's like doing random I don't know it's just like a weird in- interchange between them in- inevitably mm-hmm. what happened is Julie Roberts fucking kos Peter, wraps him up in a blanket and just carries his ass to neverland. <laughs> so whoa, Peter is in Neverland, and apparently she thought, you know what the best place to drop him is right in the fucking belly of the beast. so he lands in a small like uh shipping ship village where basically is the location where Captain Hook and all of his fucking pirates live. So naturally, um, Peter gets up and is like, hey, what the fuck? Um, and gets confronted by some pirates. Fortunately, Tinkerbell saves his ass uh, from the uh, encounter and then convinces Peter, hey, you need to fucking hang low, put on this outfit, put on this eye patch, and, you know, do this and that. And he's down with that because he doesn't want to get murdered, which is, is good. Um, I will say the set of this whole area, it looks like literally, like it is it is the, the technology of the stuff they did. Cause there was no technology. There was no, it was just like, they just built some shitty ships and it yes. literally looked like a place where you could walk around at Disney world, like, hmm. and buy trinkets and stuff like that. Like it looked like inside of each of these ships was just like a t-shirt shop where you could buy fucking like, uh, some pirates of the Caribbean gear and maybe like a captain hook shirt or a Chewbacca hoodie, you know, whatever. Um, so then we first meet Smee, of course, and, of course, Captain Hook. Um, Smee, who played was played by Bob Hoskins, and Dustin Hoffman played Captain Hook. Um, Let's see. The introduction and lead-up to the Hook being introduced felt as if he was being introduced for a film audience that was meeting him for the first time, which is ironic because it was. But it was done in such a way in the movie that it was so odd. Ob- like the way they introduced him and stuff like that was this huge buildup to a bunch of pirates who were like, we fucking know you. Like we know who he is. You don't need to like introduce him this way. Um, so let me see. So he does a big production of, Hey, I've got his kids and I'm going to fucking kill Peter Pan. And then suddenly Peter runs up and is like, Hey, those are my kids. I'm going to sue you. And like, you know, is being an adult about it and even tries to bribe Captain Hook. Of course, they're not having it because they're fucking pirates. Um, he tries to get Peter to duel him, um, but it's literally just a random dude from the normal world. So it's like he can't fly; he's afraid of heights. Um, and, Hook, and so Hook is like, "Hey, if you, why don't you just fly up there, prove that you're Peter Pan, touch your kids' hands because they were hanging in this big bag, um, this big like net, hung up, up in the okay. sea." And he's like, yes. "All he had to do was go up there, touch their hands, and then they could go home." Um, and so he ends up as just like being super pathetically like climbing up the mast. And like gets on this thing and he's he totally like if he was less of a pussy, he probably could have reached out and done it and touched their hands. But instead he just ends up like sweating and almost crying, like hanging into this but pole. Who,
0: who really wants that many kids at home?
1: Honestly, yeah. I think it's kinda like I'd
0: be like, Oh, I can't read I recently oh. listened to episode
1: <laughs> two of of '90s Court and I think it's kind of like Nestle's back in the nineties, who always had the old jingle, Nestle's will kill your kids. Yes. That was, a, that, that was Nestle a, into the picture. That was a Lisa Lisa Monahan original.
0: In regards to the Kinder Egg, right? Yeah, I know. No,
1: it was about it was about a, a oh god, that was fucking Wonder uh, Wonderball.
0: Wonder Yeah, it was
1: early early reference. Um, so Hook is gonna murder Pan and his kids. Oh, he's just like fuck it, I'm just gonna kill all of them. And then Tinkerbell comes in and convinces him to let him live, so she can train him, and then they can have a real war where he can has, have a glorious victory rather than just killing a bunch of fucking pathetic fucks. And mm-hmm. for some reason, he's like, yes, I, I do like that idea very much, and I'll give you three days. Um, and so he's like, okay, I'm going to let him go. Um, but then instead, Peter just like ends up falling off the ship and into the, into the water, and it looks like Peter Pan is going to die. And then instead, three mermaids come, and they're like super hot mermaids, of course. And I only mention this because this seems to be a running theme in this movie, is that Peter ends up making out with not one, not two, but three mermaids under the water for a considerable time, and he seems super turned on by this, <laughs> which Gross. is which is cool since he is married, um, and is trying to get Gross. his kids back. So what?
0: yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: That's so up. ends up they save him, they get him out of the water, and they bring him to basically to the front step of the, uh, uh where the Lost Boys live. Uh, so the kids all show up and they see this old man and they're like, this can't be Peter Pan. He's too old and fat. But Tinkerbell's like, no, it really is him. And they're all like, no, nah, fuck that. Um, then, of course, we get the introduction of the infamous or famous, the beloved or hated, Rufio.
2: Rufio. 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 Rufio.
1: That's right. Motherfucking Rufio, the skateboarding, crazy red mohawk having badass who leads the Lost Boys. And also, who I will mention later on does like to show people his sword way too often like just just pulls it out (laughs) and just shows people it and then just is like i'm fucking rufio here's my sword and then that's it um i will say the children actors were really bad i mean they were like very young kids like very young um very very young kids um there were a couple of them that were like halfway decent but so many of them it was like i'm glad that they said as little as they did in this movie um, so all the kids are going to just try and beat the shit out of him. Um, uh, but Tinkerbell says, Hey, quit being dicks and help him be bangerang, which apparently bangerang is a term they use a lot and means various different things. But in this particular meaning, it's supposed to mean help him be like a fucking boss baller. Um,
0: what can get behind that?
1: Yeah. So they're all having fun being aggressive, but like fun aggressive while Rufio is just being a massive fuck the whole time and likes pulling a sword out all the time, which I mentioned again. Like all the other kids are kind of like being fun and and being and shooting him with like you know paintballs and stuff like that, but like Rufio is just like I want to fucking kill this old man like the entire time. Rufio is just like an unpleasant dude. Um, so they end up deciding yes, this is Peter Pan and they're gonna try and help him, uh, train him. So then they <laughs> then they go back to Hook because they're kind of flashing back and forth between here's Hook's her, Hook storyline, here's Peter Pan storyline. They go back to Hook who is thinking about committing suicide and almost uh, does it. He uh, puts a gun to his head. And uh, then he's like, I'm going to do it, Smee. What? I'm going to do it. He's like, and then it, Smee's just sitting there like, okay. And he's like, don't stop me. And then Smee ends up stopping him. Um,
2: what the fuck?
1: And then Smee at some point, I just, this is a line, because I've heard this line said before, like other people quoted this, is I've just had an apostrophe. Um, and <laughs> and Captain Hook says, you mean Epiphany? Um, and then Smee says, let's make Pam's kid love, kids love you, Hook. So apparently their plan is like, hey, you know what would really fuck with Peter? Is if when he came here, all the kids were like, no, fuck you. Captain Hook's the man and I love him and I want to stay here forever.
0: He's so. got suicidal tendencies. We want to live with this weird dad. <laughs> I to li- live with sad dad.
1: The only way he could figure out how to get out of his depression was let's steal this guy's kids, but for real let's though, do it. let's make them love me. Um, so cue Peter Pan training montage, uh, which okay. I'm, I'm not going to go through any more <laughs> than that, they just a long training montage. And then they cue cue hook brainwashing children montage. Hilariously, Hook tells the kids some super fucked up shit about parents, and honestly a lot of the stuff he says is true. LOL
0: like what?
1: He's basically like she's like, "No, that's not true." He's like telling him about how his kid his parents like don't give a fuck about them or whatever and he she's like the the, the young daughter is like, "No, that's not true. My mom loves me. She reads to me every night." And she's like that's it's like they it's like they don't she doesn't read to you because she loves you. She reads to you because she wants you to go to fucking sleep so that they can have 3 goddamn minutes to themselves without your incessant fucking nagging. Oh my gosh! And then he says, "Before you were born, they were a lot happier because they had so much more time with each other instead of having to fucking deal with your shit constantly, dude." Dude,
2: <laughs> which is
1: one of those things. Like, it's I know it's not completely true, but there is like some like man, like yeah, I'm sure parents do appreciate would appreciate a little bit more time for themselves, a little bit more serenity and and peace. But yes, they I'm also would. A parent. Yes, they so.
0: would. Let me tell you.
1: Anyways, so back to Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, the infamous invisible food scene. That's right. Um, if you're not familiar with the scene, this is the one that sticks in my mind and probably a lot of people's minds more than anything in this movie is the scene where they're all like, um, Peter's gone through this horrible training um, montage, and then they come to this table and there's these big platters of steam coming out of them and stuff, and Peter, Peter's like, "Fuck yes, finally some food," and then they pull them all open and there's nothing inside. And the acting by the kids in this part was so... i like mean, it's, it's hard, I think, for anyone to pretend to eat fake food. Um, but they did yes. just so bad. It was so... they—they. They, I think it was the fact that they showed so much of them eating fake food, like close-ups and like long periods of time showing them eat this fake food, that is what made it so much like, okay, we get it. This is really <laughs> bad. Um, yeah. So Peter sees nothing. And after after Rufio starts owning him with insults, Peter starts violently insulting a child. And after owning him with words, flips a a spoon full of food at him and poof. Suddenly after he flips this empty spoon at Rufio, boom, he sees the food for the first time. And the food appears. Teaching the important lesson that owning kids verbally is the key to all magic.
0: (laughs) The only way. (laughs) That was literally the way. The only way.
1: The way he ended up unlocking the secrets of the universe was from talking shit to Rufio. Cue scenes of Hook and Smee trying to break Jack because his dad is such a piece of shit. Uh, Then they put this huge production of putting on a full baseball game. Like they arranged this entire fucking baseball field just to get Jack to like Hook. Um, Let's see. Uh, He ends up fucking hitting a home run. Uh, Peter happened to have like snuck in and was like watching this and saw him and was like, I'm so proud of him. And then he's crushed because after he hits home base, he's, like, hugging Captain Hook. And it's clear that, like, this guy, like, that Hook is being, like, a better dad than he was. Um, so Peter kind of defeated, goes back to the boy camp, but no one's there except Tinkerbell. Uh, so they end up, Tinkerbell ends up leading him into this secret place, which is apparently where he used to live when he lived in Neverland. And suddenly he all of his memories come flooding back of the time. There was a lot of backstory and a lot of stuff about how Tinkerbell loves Peter Pan and, and is basically like wants to bone him. Um, but I don't want to go into that because I don't I didn't fully understand all of it and it wasn't important enough to actually include in this movie. Again, as I mentioned earlier, they didn't commit enough to it. They just kinda like kept trying to sneak in like secret backstory stuff that wasn't interesting because they mm-hmm. only gave us like the smallest taste of it. Okay. Um, let's see. So yeah, so evidently, um, the weird thing of this was that at some point, uh, so Peter learns he can fly again because he he realizes, like, oh, I always wanted to have kids. And then he realized that was his happy thought and it helped him to fly so he could fly. And there's some, some weird sentimental shit with with Tinkerbell. Um, evidently, Tink- Tinkerbell had a heart on Peter. Weirdly, all of a sudden, there's this moment where Tinkerbell got her wish and she became large um, again. Okay. And I mentioned that. She was hot. That, yeah, she, she hot was. So. It was very hot. Um, <laughs> and I mention this because in order, the only reason, pretty much, that she became large was that so that they could make out, which they did. Damn I it. will say this again Peter makes out with another <laughs> another woman who what is not hell? his wife. Um, what the hell? I put, it's weird. Honestly, it's weird how many non Peter's wife people he makes out with in this movie, <laughs> was my exact wording. All right. So it's Yikes. time for war. And we cut to the show where Jack is wearing an exact replica hook outfit and is going to get his ear pierced so he can wear a hook hand and earring uh luckily peter pan shows up just in time and is ready to own ass um evidently it took three <laughs> calendar days for jack to decide he's literally not going home and he's going to stay living in a pirate ship forever okay so if you ever want to know the time limit it takes for someone to fully fully want to live with their captor it's three days so
0: perfect um so they decide
1: yeah, so then the next part of the movie was, hey, let's get some very, very young children in the mix with this blood sport, so the Lost Boys join in, <laughs> and when I say young, these kids are like, have to be like seven or eight, like, like they're so young, um, and so they're like joining in the assault of Captain Hook's ship, the pirates all have swords and guns and shit and a thirst for death, and the Lost Boys are using like fucking hijinks, and you just feel like... They're like they're using these mirrors that are reflecting bright light, and the pirates are like, oh no, I can't see. And then they shoot eggs at the the pirates and gumball guns and paintball guns and stuff like that. And so the, they're they're getting hit by rotten veggies and stuff and various paint-filled objects. And it almost makes me wish that the pirates would just have murdered every single one of those kids because they're like, this is a real battle, gang. Like you can't just be fighting with toys and goofy stuff. That was fine with Peter Pan, but these guys want to murder you. Um, just a heads up, guys. Just a heads up. These guys do want you dead. Um, Let's see. So I will say that Rufio does walk in briefly and does murder a couple guys on his way to see Captain Hook. So again, in the complete dichotomy between the other Lost Boys and Rufio, he just straight up murders some guys. Wow.
2: Um,
1: So as he's approaching Hook, Peter Pan interjects and says, no, Rufio, he's mine. And then immediately his daughter screams in the distance and Peter's like, never mind. And then he leaves. (laughs) (laughs) He leaves uh, to go save his daughter, leaving Rufio, a child, to fight Hook on his own. Okay, Um, sure. Let's see. So, yeah, and again, it's such a dichotomy of things happening when the Lost Boys are just having so much fun and everything is so goofy and fun. And then suddenly like, by the way, Hook murders Rufio. Just literally a second after Rufio pins his sword down, pins Hook's sword down, and says, looky, looky, I got Hooky. It immediately is stabbed and killed. Hook fucking killed
0: Rufio? Hook kills
1: Rufio, and Rufio dies immediately. I think after Rufio says something to the effect of, like, I I wish I had parents. And it was, like, the most... (gasps) It was the most crushing sentence, and so, so different in the tone of the rest of this movie.
0: Oh, my gosh, like... I just I just wish anyone had ever loved me. And then he died.
1: And then Jack oh immediately Oh my gosh. And then Jack immediately says, "I want to, Dad, I want to go home." And so Peter's like, "Okay." And then he grabs Jack and they fly off. And cheerful music plays. He joins the lost boys. They're all celebrating. Literally seconds after Rufio was just murdered by Hook. Like it's totally, normal. there was everybody was celebrating like, yeah, we fucking did it after Rufio just got murdered like literally like a frame ago. Um, so evidently he's on his way out. Hook tells Peter he's a pussy and he's gonna keep kidnapping his kids. So Peter's like, all right, fuck, fine. <laughs> and so they fight. Fight our, Fight goes on for a bit. Kids get scare hook scare hook with clocks because he fucking hates clocks because there was a, a alligator that had a clock in him or something like that. So. Uh, Pan okay. reveals that Hook is balding, a balding old man who wears a wig, basically shames him. So, like, for the third time in this fight, Pan has Hook dead to rights and is like, fuck, let's just go. And then, of course, Hook tries to murder him again. And so it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, God, will you just fucking murder Hook? Um, the last time, however, Tink shows up and stops him from killing Peter Pan, um, which then causes Hook to slam his hook into this giant uh, statue of a. Um, an alligator, which I think was supposed to be the actual alligator that, that he killed, um, which then falls over and onto Hook, crushing him, um, and apparently the statue ate him, I don't know, whatever, bangerang. orang. Um, so Peter finally is, uh, after discussing it like 47 times in 10 minutes, is going to go home with the kids. He literally so many times is like, let's just go home, and it just kept never happening. So uh, so he ends up appointing the super chunky kid who turned into a human cannonball to be the new Rufio. So basically he had to decide, hey, who's going to be the new Peter Pan slash Rufio. He appoints this really fat kid who honestly was the best child actor of the whole group. Okay. Um, they, so they go back home to, never land, to, to normal land. Um, mom wakes up from a nap in her chair um, and just looks over and both the kids are in bed. Because evidently them returning from presumed kidnapping was not enough to warrant them waking their mom up and saying, hey, we're home. So, Peter wakes up outside in the snow next to a fountain, and Tinkerbell is on the fountain and gives another weird sentimental statement about how much she loves him. Um, Again, I just, I don't understand why this whole Tinkerbell story had to exist. I think it was probably a Julie Roberts just being like, I want to have a relevant role in this besides just being a fucking fairy. Right. Um, Peter apparently is so much, so changed in three days That apparently he's like, what the fuck is responsibility and technology? Oh, hey, my wife, I'm going to kiss her to make up for all the women I've kissed in the past 24 hours. So many women. So many women. So anyway, so apparently he's a changed man. He's now going to grow up, I guess, and not care about work as much. Um, He'll probably get fired soon. Anyways, um, honestly, my general synopsis, the movie was not very good on a (laughs) rewatch. I struggled getting through it. I
0: I also saw it was like almost two and a half hours long
1: it was that's another thing not. it was very long for a children's movie um and yeah that's the thing is i even said in my notes which sucks to say because this movie holds a very special place in my heart but man the rewatch was painful um Oof. so i know i've gone pretty long but i'm going to say just a few things real quick um sure trivia uh, oh i should have
0: looked at trivia for jumanji yeah. damn it
1: so there was a kissing couple who began to float when some fairy dust randomly landed on them in a certain scene um, was actually those that couple was George Lucas and Carrie Fisher in a cameo. No
0: big deal. Which is no such deal. a
1: weird cameo to just be like, we've got fucking some Star Wars people in here for no reason in 1981. Um Bob Hoskins, who played Smee, bought beer for 300 plus extras after a lengthy and complicated scene ended up being cut. <laughs> Jeez. That's a lot of people to buy beer from. It's kind of sucks. I always think about like that's kind of like the equivalent of being like. Hey guys, I know this doesn't seem like a lot, but I got a shitload of you five dollars. You know, <laughs> like it is <there's laughs> a lot Jolie of money for $5. me though. Um, Dustin Hoffman's former co-star John Voight asked him if he could bring his children James Haven and Angelina Jolie to the set because they were dying oh. to meet Captain Hook. Hoffman agreed to meet with the, with them while in costume. Jolie was si- Jolie was 16 years old, and Hoffman described her as a tall, thin, gawky-looking girl with a mouth full of braces. After Jolie told Hoffman she was going to be an actress, Hoffman went home to his wife and said, I don't think this kid had any idea what a tough road she's got. Um,
0: oh, is that so?
1: Yep. The word bangerang is actually Jamaican slang for uproar, disorder, or disturbance. Um, another fun Bob Hoskins reference, uh, who played Smee, uh, he would alleviate stress on set by singing various versions of the Lionel Richie hit, Hello. By including the lyrics, (laughs) hello, is it Smee you're looking for?
0: Boo. (laughs) That would have been funny exactly one time. One
1: time. Oh, man. And Julia Roberts was nicknamed Tinker Hell, because she was so difficult to deal with. A reaction to her working conditions of solitude and green screen. Because honestly, like, since she's playing like a, a, a like a fairy, like, she was on green mm-hmm. screen duty, like, the entire fucking movie. And I read multiple different things that were talking about how she was, like, complaining about shit and didn't show up for work sometimes and stuff. Um, so I just thought I'd just include that one thing to kind of sum, to be a summation of all the things about how Julie Roberts sucked in this movie. Ah, okay. Um, so anyways, uh, my diagnosis... This is a great movie. It's cool that if you like it. um, I like it still, but I probably won't watch it again for another 15 years.
0: And if you do, then you'd be like, this is a fucking mistake.
1: You'll make a mistake, but uh, it's
0: okay. Well, that was Hook versus Jumanji, everyone. That
1: was Hook. That was Hook. Also Jumanji. Now it's time for Lisa Pants to take us out with Where to Find Us.
0: Oh, I've got to do that, huh? Mm -hmm. Guess what, everybody... You like this show? You like our social media too? We are on, uh, ooh, what is it? Facebook and Twitter at 90s Court. Instagram oh. at 90s.court. Oh. You can uh, support our show at patreon.com slash 90s Court as well. Mm-hmm. We love that. Um, and then as always, if you would be so kind this mm-hmm. week to change the world with a five-star rating. It won't change the world, but it'll change <laughs> It'll our change world. everything. It'll change our world. Uh, a five-star review if you haven't done so it's so easy to just go click and then maybe say you're to show rules and then you can just go and get coffee or something and and that's the least you had to do but it means a lot to us so if you do that we would love it and as always you know connect with us on social media we are there comment on stuff participate in the polls we love it so thank you guys thank you guys so much for listening yeah Um,
1: yeah thank you guys again for tuning into episode 41 sorry for the week off we hope you guys understood um, but before we go, Lisa, did you have any parting remarks before we depart?
0: Mm, 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 don't fucking play Jumanji, I guess. Don't, don't go, do it.
1: Don't go to Neverland.
0: Don't go to ne- Yeah, don't do any of the things that our movies were about, please. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Stay thank safe. Thank you guys
1: so much. <laughs> stay safe out there. We love you. And until next time, stay rad.
0: Bye, guys.
1: Bye.